Hello, I'm Margo Lieblick, and you're listening to my first full episode of my podcast, What's for Dinner? Throughout this podcast, I'll delve into different stories and experiences, all surrounding the common theme of food. For my first episode, I decided to do some research on something very near and dear to my heart, my family's annual Christmas tradition of making tempura. I think my favorite part about my family's unique Christmas tradition is the fact that there is no logical connection between the holiday season and the actual food. In fact, nobody in my family is even Japanese. And I'm pretty sure our preparation of the food is nowhere near authentic. The batter comes from whatever mix is carried at the Marandinos down the street, and our table is filled with tiny bowls of sauce ranging from homemade peanut sauce to smoky barbecue sauce. This isn't your grandpa's tempura night. Unless you mean my grandpa, who set the record number of tempura shrimp consumed in one night. But more on that later. I wanted to start my podcast by talking about this tradition, and I needed somebody who was willing to talk with me on the phone, willing to let me record them, and willing to let me manipulate said recording and piece it together to make an episode, having no real podcast experience whatsoever. Outside of, of course, the countless episodes of This American Life I listened to while commuting to work. So... Who better to join me than my mom? Hello? Thanks, Mom. So without further ado, we're talking with my mom, Janet Benty, and today, tempura is what's for dinner. Hey. Hey. Can Can you you hear me? No, we're just going to do audio only. I know, but I see. Oh, no, that's just your photo. Yeah. Okay, I'm putting my earbuds in. Hold on. I was untangling them. Okay. All right. What are we doing? I had bought that when I had my own apartment I, when I was single and had an apartment but my parents used to do shrimp tempura because that's really where it came from emulating my parents who had uh, Japanese contacts through my dad's business and so they had learned about tempura and so they bought a tempura um fryer Mm -hmm. and we they used to have that set up at parties and i used to be one of that was one of my duties was (laughs) to stand there and fry shrimp for people and and give it to them and then you know so i was pretty familiar with that i don't think i knew that yeah Yeah, I had to peel the shrimp, and that was in the days before Easy Peel. Let's pause for a minute, and let me explain what exactly goes into making tempura. You may have had tempura prepared for you in a Japanese restaurant, but I imagine not many of you have made it at home, or had someone stationed at a dinner party to make it for you. 
At my house, we have a giant red tempura wok, which has the same shape as you might see in a wok-style fry pan. It has a fairly large basin that angles out and creates a wider mouth at the top. You fill the basin with peanut oil, and since our wok is electric, you just plug it in to heat the oil. This can take about 20 minutes, and much like your standard waffle iron, there's a little light that indicates when the oil is ready. This essentially leaves you with a giant bowl of near-boiling peanut oil attached to the wall by a trailing cord. Once the oil is ready, you place small pieces of raw meat and vegetables onto a skewer, dip the skewer into batter, and quickly drop the skewer into the hot oil. Within a few minutes, the batter turns golden brown, and you can take it out to enjoy your food. Okay, so back to the story and how the tradition came into my family. Yeah, so how, do you, how did that start for our family? Uh, let's see. We had a, a, uh, tempura wok that had a tempura resting area on it. And so we had that and had had it for quite a long time. And then you guys, you guys means me and my brother, Brett, who was about four years older than me. We're, uh, getting old enough to be able to be interested in making your own food. And we thought that, uh, that'd be much more interesting and to be involved in that. And so I think, uh, the first time we just got it out of the basement and, and set it up and, and did it. And then you liked it so much that we decided, Oh, we could do that at Christmas time that would make it very special and so then because regular tempura would only be dipped in a traditional sauce that wasn't necessarily what you liked we knew that you already liked Chinese uh, dumplings and the dumpling sauce so then we said well we're going to have to make the dumpling sauce not that and then we said well let's just make another sauce and the peanut sauce know they like the peanut sauce so that's what started the trying to make different sauces then soon the two of you got involved in what kind of sauces you liked mm. and I think that was really just how it started do you remember like how old we were when was it we started out I remember that maybe you were in about second grade no maybe younger yeah because uh it was very concerning that there was hot oil right and so we pushed the table up and then taped the cord down and then uh made sure that you couldn't cross over there and then it was a huge big rule you know never never put your hand over the oil and don't reach for things that always pass it around the <laughs> table. You know, we had to be really careful of that. And, uh, that was the main thing that was really a little alarming about it. <laughs> That's definitely something I remember from the early days. My parents constantly reminding us to be careful and stay in our seats. And my brother and I, well, playing the roles of two rambunctious kids at the dinner table. But you were good. You were good. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I, don't, I don't remember any mishaps or anything. I, I definitely Oh, gosh, remember. no. Well, yeah, that would be like a huge mishap, boiling hot oil. 
Yeah. Yeah. I remember no, the I... rules. Yeah, definitely being. I remember you guys. It seemed like you guys were nervous. Maybe I only noticed it as I got. Oh, uh, we were very but... nervous. Yeah, yeah, we were very nervous that you would try to pass a a sauce like over drip the. It. A, not just drip it, but maybe drop a glass, you know, bowl okay. into the hot oil of of liquidy sauce. And liquidy sauce would then make the oil like fly out in our faces, and yeah, that was nervous, nerve wracking. Yeah. But we still decided to go for it. Yeah, you have memories of your earliest memories of that. I don't think so. I think I mean I I remember it. I'm trying to remember if I have any of the really early ones or when it was new. I think I only ever think of it as like this is our little tradition. And like revisiting it rather than remembering the first time, I guess I don't remember that all the way. I do have earlier memories of when did it used to be bigger? Because I know, or maybe it was only certain years when we had more family up for the holidays around Christmas. I remember Grandpa coming in, of course, that night where we had all that shrimp that uh, Lisa had like beautifully organized on the plate, but. I don't know. I wasn't as interested in shrimp that year. We just didn't eat as much and then nobody was eating it. So grandpa was just like, just kept yeah. going and he didn't want it to go to waste. <laughs> oh, I don't know. And he loved and maybe it. Maybe that yeah. was his way. Yeah. His excuse, but he, I that remember. was his excuse. And we for were sure. all like, you know, poking fun at him for it, but <laughs> yeah. Even thinking back to those earlier memories as a kid, I couldn't quite place when we had first started the tradition. Keeping my parents' anxieties about hot oil and young children in mind, I wanted to know when they had first thought to make tempura as a family. Was it like a cognizant decision that, okay, they're at an age and this will get them more interested in cooking? Or were, had you guys been waiting? Like you wanted to use it, but you never did? No, I think we had used it maybe ourselves, but not with you. And then, no, I don't think it was necessarily cooking, but just a and eating together that went more slowly. That was the other thing. <laughs> when you have children and you make this long, like Thanksgiving, it's a very time-consuming meal to make. It's not hard, but it does take a lot to make yeah. all the different sides and the things that you're used to, and then the turkey takes a long time. And I remember one time, just like, it's just the four of us and, and you were both done in like 10 minutes and wanted to leave the table. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, I, I can't take this. We should have just made hot dogs. I mean, really, <laughs> this is too much. So this was a way to visit at the table and have things go much more slowly and, and a, a camaraderie around the meal, of which it is no matter who you do it with. It's just a lot of fun. So I, you know, now that I think about it, I maybe we were thinking. I think right there, my mom captured the sentiment pretty well. It's a strange tradition for our family. It has nothing to do with Christmas, but that's really why we keep doing it every year. It's just a lot of fun. This year, both my brother and I, of course, made it back to Connecticut for the annual tempura dinner. And we were joined by my brother's girlfriend, Victoria.
Introducing Victoria to the tradition reminded me of all the different details that make up the fun of the event each year. For instance, here's my brother explaining the different sauces we prepared for dipping the skewers. Okay, yeah. Can you explain the sauces? Yeah. What oh, are... Yeah. Alright, all the, the different sauces. <laughs> sauces. <laughs> Sorry, Victoria, you're going to be stuck with What are the two sauces? Okay, so this one is like ranch with Old Bay and horseradish. This is like a barbecue slash A1 okay. that Margo made. This is a chili lime garlic. Mm. Oh, oh, yes, you're right. We need a little sriracha inside the sauces. There is some sriracha. That one's the spiciest. That one is a little spicy. None that are too spicy. Spicy is. Really? That's a peanut sauce. Oh. This is like a, a dumpling sauce. Yes. These are Me highlighting the new features we came up with. So we made new additions this year. We got Brussels crab. Brussels crab. Brussels crab. The inevitable arguments about whose skewer is whose once we've been eating or drinking too much to keep track. My dad, repeating the same family inside jokes. This is Brett's famous line. Pass me everything. Uh, can I have that dumpling sauce? Yeah, thanks. Can you pass me those onions, please? Mm-hmm. Where's the sweet potato? Oh, there. Right and even revisiting oh, the same memories from previous tempura dinners. I never made a chicken. Oh my god, that's chicken. chicken. Mm-hmm. I kept doing shrimp. by mistake. That's not a mistake, Bruce. Taking after my dad. <laughs> Your dad ate like 18 shrimp. Oh, 18. 36. No, 30, there weren't 36 in there. 20. Like any good family tradition, it's the memories and the history that keeps us coming back for more each year. I got home a little too late. I didn't know then what I wanted to say. He got home to set it all straight. I've been with a girl with your same first Okay, this time around, special thanks to my mom for being our first star participant in an episode, and to Victoria and my family for their contributions. Thanks again to Patchwork Symphony for providing the music featured in the podcast. To find out more about their music, visit their Facebook page at facebook.com slash patchworksymphony. You can also stream and download their music at soundcloud.com slash patchworksymphony, and there's some really cool stuff there. When I started this project, I wanted to make sure everything I created was legitimate, so I figured I would be safe and just stay away from copyrighted music. But when I thought about that, I realized that this is actually a great opportunity to showcase some of my talented friends and acquaintances that make their own music. 
so I'm excited to be able to share more music with you guys over the course of this podcast. If you'd like to have your work featured or know somebody who might, definitely reach out. You can reach me at whatsfordinnermargo at gmail.com.